listening to ABQ Central. Well, to be fair. 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 With your host, Van Nunley. Alright, this is gonna be so good. And Fred Slow. The cream The cream of the crop. 95.9 FM, 610 the Sports Animal. And talkabq.com. Turn it up! Turn it up! It's Wednesday, Albuquerque. You know what that means. All right, look, I got one guess. All right, well, take you, take your guess. Hold on, give me a second. All right, take all, take a second, then take your guess. This music is distracting me. Hold on, let me think. Hold on. Distractingly good. It's slowly going away. Hold on, wait. Why am I still waiting? Hey, the boys are here. The boys are. That's here. That's what it is. The boys are here. I am Fred Slow. I will hopefully be your best friend in radio for the next three hours up until 7 o'clock. And you are Van Nunley. Yeah. And you will be, at least in the ranking of best friends for the friends of the show, the second best friend of the friends. So you are a friend, but a second-tier friend, but still a friend. Look, usually I take offense to that pile of garbage, but um, I had a really nice day with one big hiccup. I went for a, a beautiful hike at 4th of July Canyon today. At where? Very zen. Where did you go? It's called Fourth of July Canyon. Was that like a time machine? It's on the backside of the Manzanos. I'm Googling it's, it's got the highest concentration of maple trees. So it's a bunch of different types of maple trees that turn different colors there. So it's beautiful for hiking when the leaves change. So I'm not going to give in to your, your garbage today. So you just keep it to yourself. All right, hold on. I, I just Googled Fourth of July Canyon, and I had to go a couple pages in to figure out what it is. But it's a canyon campground found in the Cibola National Forest just east and south of Albuquerque in the Manzano Mountains. Does that you, sound right? You nailed it. That's exactly what I said. Well done. Beautiful any time of the year. But Big most beautiful in the fall when so, the leaves change. Well, and So you're saying, like, you put out a little exertion today, physically speaking. Yeah, I hiked for like three hours. So, and, so the listener, the friend of the show, Mike Vital, you guys don't know this, but when... When Van exercises, he becomes very irritable, like very irritable. That's not true whatsoever. See, I didn't get that because he offered me some of his uh, great food there. Yeah, I I brought strawberries and macadamia nuts for Vital. That's the kind of guy I am. He did. He didn't. He ex- can't have any of my salad, but so, you definitely can have some strawberries. Yesterday, Elroy Cafe brought us some pumpkin pies. Yeah, and they were delicious. Those were good. See, and we, me and Van, wouldn't know because when when we blinked, Mike Vital came in and swiped them out from under our nose. Yeah, swiper, like, do you no want swiping. Those? Good, I'm taking them. <laughs> he, he he knows how I eat, so he's like, Van doesn't want his. All right, so one down. Now do you think Fred wants his? Two in a bag. Bam, bam. Macadamia nuts and uh, peanut butter spread and strawberries, or wherever you offer them, and he says no. But as soon as it's pumpkin pie, <laughs> he's in 100%. I, I kind of even it up because I offer home-baked food for you guys, too. Yeah, for sure. All right, d- no for, that's stolen valor right there because you don't bake it. Like, the missus bakes it. Yeah, she does. She grew up in a bakery and a family-run business, and you can tell. It's good. All right, I just, all right so for, for the friend of the show who's maybe sitting at their desk, like, typing away the last hour of their day or whatever, Google 4th of July Canyon. There are some beautiful little pictures here on Google Images. This looks like a lovely experience. It's amazing. You should go. What if, elevation? If you're, if you're gonna go, you should go now. Right now? Because the leaves are falling pretty fast. So you got a few days where it's just insanely beautiful. 
There's like five different colors of leaves on the ground. There's a big canopy of beautiful leaves everywhere. And there's maple trees. Maple trees everywhere and aspens and pine and juniper and all different kinds. Well, so the friend of the show cannot go this weekend because they're busy at Fall Fest that you right. are hosting at sure. the event center this Saturday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go go to that instead. Never mind. Don't go to the 4th. <laughs> go to 4th of July Canyon tomorrow, Friday, or Sunday. You're but, probably not going to go on Sunday because there's football. Yeah, but not Saturday, October 23rd between the hours of 2 p.m. and 8 p.m. because Van will be hosting live music, a beer garden, a costume contest. There'll be games for kids. There'll be trunk or treat. Wow. There'll be food trucks. Uh, and Van will be emceeing the Guinness World Record attempt for ca- uh, pumpkins carved concurrently. That is correct. That's crazy to me. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Come join me. There's a children's carnival. Bring your sharpest knife. We're gonna, <laughs> what? We're going to carve some pumpkins. You want to carve some pumpkins with me, Vital? I've done it before. I have a daughter and we're, used to do that all the time. We're going to set a Guinness World Record. The most people carving pumpkins at once. There'll be a maker's fair, arts and crafts fair, live music in the sky room, pints and paint, pints and paint, pints. It might be a misprint. I have no idea. World record attempt for simultaneous pumpkin carving, the cakewalk. Oh, there's a little Midwest for you, Vital. Yeah, the cakewalk. That's where you're going to be. And trunk or treat in the Rear Range Event Center parking lot. So that is on Saturday. And by the way, the cakewalk? Okay, here it goes. It's no cakewalk. (laughs) And you're going to have nice weather uh, to boot. What what are you from Canada now? What is that? To boot. To boot. To boot. Yeah. What is it on the upper Midwest? To boot. Ah, it's an Ooper. I think that's a country in he's, the. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, sure. He's an Ooper. Yeah, he's from up yeah. there. Yeah, he's from up there. I haven't heard a UP reference in a long time. <laughs> By the way, a Ooper is someone from the Upper Peninsula yeah. of Michigan. Yeah. You don't get that reference. Mo- and they're I would... called Oopers, and they're basically just Southern Canadians. Are you familiar with this? Are you familiar with this thing? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm for the listener, which can't see. I'm holding my palm up because that's what michiganians do yeah they, so they where, where are you from where are you from and they point at their palm yeah we're in the palm or in the palm are you from and you say i'm i'm from i'm from lansing yeah okay and you get the thumb then you're an ooper yeah so I, go michigan go spartans well not anymore we had we had go holding hancock and ooper the what whoa vital deep cut hold on deep cut edit yourself yeah what are you doing guy it's the name of a town right up off of the Sault Ste. Marie there in Upper Michigan. Not what, I, not what I heard. Not what the FCC heard. <laughs> <laughs> Today's varsity, because uh, Vital just brought up his weird town names. Oh, I'm into that. Yeah, so today's yeah, varsity is going to be the varsity of towns with weird names. I got here late. Are we going till 7? Yeah, we're going. You did not get here late. <laughs> I got here at like 10 till 4. I got a flat tire. Vital, did I tell you that? After I, I went uh, hiking, I got a flat tire. Uh, this question is for the friends of the show. Uh, please contact us on the Quan's Auto Care hotline, 505-246-0610 or 505-246-0610. Before Van tells this story, did you think Van could or could not replace a flat tire? It's very important to me that the listener weighs in on this because I have a strong belief that the friends of the show have a belief on your capability for like stereotypically like masculine tasks. Okay, well, can you want to save the story? Because it's not much of a story. <laughs> I had a flat tire. 
Wow. Okay. And then you it's call AAA. Nothing crazy about it. Nothing out of the ordinary. You had a spare in the back. My spare was in the back. Yeah. My spare was aired up. That, so that's one. Right now, I'm not going to say anything else because we'll let the the text messages roll in whether or not I could actually change a tire. 505-246-0610. Does Van possess the skill set required and then the executable talent to change a tire? <laughs> Were you with your and you were with your lady, right? With my lady friend. Oh god! So there's a t- option C. <laughs> Did my girlfriend change Honey, you the do tire? It. Can you do it for me, please? Did I even do it? Is the question. Hey, babe. That's the real question. I can imagine you in the car and going. Doo, 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 doo. You know what a tire does, right? Doo, doo, yeah, doo, it's doo. the first time I've heard it in so long. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, what's that noise? And my brain was like, uh, it's a flat tire, you idiot. Yes. It, your brain said, do you remember years ago when you were poor and bought discount tires all yeah. the time? Uh-huh. Like you're you're currently reliving that. Remember? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Eppridge Farm remembers. Well. <laughs> just heads up, there's a town in Texas called Ding Dong. I just found that. Hey, hold on, no yeah, cheating. No cheating. Save it for last. It is, all right, so the the textures are cut. Yeah, all right, so I'm surprised. People believe that you can so far. So the early on is one vote yes. Yeah, people believe that you can. Okay, I like that. Well, sweet guys, thank you, thank you so much. We got a good guest list today. Five o'clock. Eddie Nunez will join us. Not Ed Nunez of who was on our show last week. Was on our show last week. Eddie Nunez. Eddie Nunez. So Ed Nunez, broadcaster, Western. Correct. Eddie Nunez, athletic director, UNM. Correct. That's who will be joining us at 5 o'clock. They had an exciting announcement about some improvements to their facilities, and we talked about this, and we're going to ask about name, image, likeness when, when Eddie's on as well. Excited yeah, about that. And it's one of my favorite topics. It's my absolute favorite yeah. topic. And uh, this is this is kind of where the program has to go. It has to improve like every – I say the program. I'm talking like about football, but really I'm talking about all 20 varsity sports or whatever it is they have mm-hmm. there. Um, but they're putting in a brand new like like quote-unquote state-of-the-art uh, like 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 weight room so me and you can, can leave the YMCA and go down there and lift at the university, I assume. Yeah. Like we show, to, show these kids what's up. Just walking with our pressies yeah. and just say this is – this is hey, how you do it, young bloods. Hey, Junior, I got some old man strength. I just changed a tire. Let me show you how to squat 800 pounds. From the texter, my money is on Van jacked up his car without loosening the lug nuts. <laughs> That's a good text. All right, who said that? That's the quality content. Uh, do we, we don't put names is it? Is it anonymous? I'm, I'm just saying it's the VIP text line. It's on the VIP text yeah, line. Yeah, that's what I'm going to tell you. <clears throat> All right, it's been so long to change a tire. They are 100% correct. <laughs> <laughs> it's, no, hey, they legit nailed it. Yeah, I was like, I was pit crewing it. I was just twisting that thing. I was like, get up here. Uh, <laughs> grabbed the wrench. I was like, oh, man, that's, spin, that's not a thing I got to do. Spin, spin, spin no it backwards. Let's go back down to the ground. 5.30, Coach Gonzalez, who's the head coach of the UNM football team, he will be joining us to preview this weekend's matchup against Wyoming. Excited for that. And then tentatively at 6.15, it's not say it, Christy Kim of the Lobo Theater will be joining what? us. What? Yeah, the Lobo Lounge uh, and Event Center. That's one of my favorite people. Formerly known as the Lobo Theater. Uh, they're doing their big grand opening this weekend as far as music. Their actual grand opening, and I'm going to make her admit this on air, is next weekend when you and I produce Rocky Horror Picture Show. That is correct. October 30th. Right. But this week... It's a soft opener. Yeah, this is a soft opener. We're the real opener. They're going to make sure the point of sale works. Yeah. So when we get there... Friday's the Kevin Durant opener. Yeah. So soft. 
So, and well, speaking of the Super Soft Grateful Dead, there's like a cover band there tomorrow, and then we got a big grand opening. So we're going to talk about that because uh, we do a lot of stuff with them outside the program, and we're excited to bring them in. Let's grab a break, Van. Major League Baseball talk. Uh, I think I'm super excited about today on this program too. Is NBA's uh, top 75 list is coming out, and I love that. That's going to be a big talking point. ABQ Central on 95.9 FM and AM 610, the Sports Animal. Two two. And that's lifted in the short right center for a base hit. Gurriel around third. He will score. Gurriel on his way to third. He's in safely. Jason Castro comes through. And the Astros lead it 3-2 to two in the ninth. Got a pitch to Bellinger. And a fly ball to right center field. It's well hit. And it is gone. A three-run home run for Bellinger. We've got a new game. It's tied at five. Gotta love October, baby. How can every game be the most exciting game? It is a action-packed October this year. Like, baseball fan, you may not realize how spoiled you are so far this year. Amazing series. Like, amazing yeah, games. Just super. Everything is the best thing. Except for the Red Sox in the eighth inning. That was rough. Astros were due, though. Those bats were quiet for two straight games. They had to bust out eventually. It's crazy to me that, like, with the Astros and the Red Sox, you can have, like, a like a 12-3 blowout, and then you can have, like, a 9-2 blowout the other way. And it's, like, it's not a matter of one team being, like, significantly better. It's, it's just it's literally the game just, like, plays out. Like, it's such a tight game. And it's, like, what's that famed line from Al Pacino in Any Given Sunday? It's, like, uh... Game of inches, yeah, and it's like it's like really is. Sure, you know we were talking about that with the one bounce, yeah, the Dodgers yeah. Braves, and um, I know we had a caller yesterday, our friend of the show yesterday, that was, uh, you know, it's right off the glove of Lux and center. It's like, yeah, I mean that that would change the whole dynamic until it didn't, you know, and then the Dodgers are able to come back. I think we were walking out of the studio as they tied it up. Yeah, 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 because I because if you remember, Mike Trujillo was walking in because he was through the game at seven, yeah. and we it, right. A huge Dodger fan. Yeah, family. we saw him smiling, and that was weird for us because we hadn't seen him smile in months. <laughs> sure. Like, it had been a long time since we had seen him happy, in re- like, in person. And we were like, like, oh, the Dodgers must be doing well. So that was – like Belger was, had a rough year to see him step up. Yes. And they've been finding ways to do that all playoffs. He off the juice. There's Being probably – legit. Is he off the juice? Him and Yelich, right? Yeah. Um, any other player not named Bellinger – any other player that's not an ex-MVP would be sent down for Cody Bellinger's numbers. He hit below 200. You don't let professional baseball players stay in your lineup if they're hitting below 200. But Dave Roberts and the front office had faith in him, kept plugging him in, kept plugging him in, and that's his second hit to either win or tie a game. I think it's easy to keep, to quote-unquote, keep plugging him in when your team's winning a, a buck six. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, just throw him in the eight hole. A, a, yeah. real, a real good example from a team I follow pretty closely, the St. Louis Cardinals, is Matt Carpenter. Matt Carpenter did the same thing, yeah. but the Cardinals are fledgling all year. You can't you take him out. Sure. Yeah, you put in a guy who's ten years younger, like and that's. But the Dodgers didn't have to. The Cards did give Carpenter too long of a leash. Oh yes, they did. It had to get really bad. Yeah, he circled all the way down the drain before they yanked him. But Bellinger still has that beautiful swing. Even if he keeps missing balls, even if he keeps hitting balls right into the ground, it's still a beautiful swing. It's iconic. Like, I would, 
Yeah, it is, right? It's one of the prettiest swings in baseball. There's something about a lefty, too. Yeah. 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 Like Griffey. Sure. Sean Green. Deep cut. You remember, you remember yeah. Sean? Raphael Palmeira. I wouldn't have came up with that. Yeah. I, I love Jim Edmonds. Jim Edmonds got a sweet swing, too. Yeah. Yeah. How long do you go before you talk about a no-hitter? Uh, seven. Okay. So, right now, the Red Sox remain hitless in the bottom of the fourth. Houston out in front, 1-0. Um, and Valdez is, uh, well, he's, he's really been going to gym out of this one. He, um, his hat too little. Yeah. He's isn't wearing it correctly. He has got a little Fernando Rodney thing going on there. Doesn't he? Another deep cut. A little two, uh, two hopper down the third baseline and uh, strike down to first for the first out here in the bottom of the fourth. Framber usually Framber Valdez, Houston Astros starting pitcher playing pitching tonight, three scoreless innings. One out in the bottom of the fourth. Houston up one one zero. Framber Valdez usually is successful by keeping you off balance. Fastball, curveball, change up, changing levels. Look high, look low. Look inside, look outside. But so far this game, he's just throwing two seamers with movement past dudes and locating it. He hasn't even really used his curveball so far. So watch out if he stays in the zone. He's. He's got two wins against the Red Sox already this year. Two wins in two weeks. He's only faced them twice, and he's got two wins against them this year. Regular season, of course. The Dodgers have second life, correct? Yeah. Yeah. The Dodgers are never out of it. See, I thought they were out of it. Like, I'm, I'm the guy who's as why, and you know, I'm like, oh my God, I hate the Dodgers because everyone loves the Dodgers. Yeah. Like, I don't really hate the Dodgers, except I hate them like more than anyone. Uh-huh. But. Uh huh. But as watching that game yesterday when they're, you know, down two games and it looks like, you know, with two innings left that this team's got nothing. And the, like, the attendance there in L.A., uh, Cesar Chavez, or not Cesar Chavez, uh, the Ravine, what's it called? Chavez Ravine. Chavez. Chavez Ravine. Like, it's like no one's there. And the guys that are, the fans that are there, they're not into the game. I'm like, I'm like, okay, there's no pulse here. Like, this is, I'm looking at a a dead baseball team and fan. Well, that's, that's L.A. fandom. That wasn't like that in the eighth inning. You saw no, how it wasn't. people that, – that's what was weird. Yeah, at first, there was nobody there passing beach balls around, which I thought was weird. You know what Cody Bellinger was like? Hey, I need you guys to get up. And what I'll do is I'll go all the way up the ladder to hit this ball at my chin as far as any human being can hit a ball in this moment on the planet. Bueller did not pitch well yesterday. He hasn't his last two starts. He's been not unwalker Bueller esque and he's one of the best pitchers in baseball all regular season, and he just doesn't have it. That's a tough one, too, though, because, like, he doesn't have the experience that is surrounding him, right? So, like, when guy, like, who's he going to – like, technically, I know he can go to anyone and be like, hey, guys, like, give me some guidance. Give me. It's been a long time since Albert Pujols has been fresh to this kind of scene. Like, how do you relate to a guy like Walker Bueller if he's to be like, hey, I got butterflies, y'all. There's not a player – on the squad, well, I haven't had butterflies in a long time. I, I play for the LA Dodgers. We all we do is win. Well, I mean, you could all. I mean, Kershaw's in the dugout. Max Scherzer is probably the wrong person to ask because he's a freak. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Ask. Hey, uh, Max. Uh, what do I do on a two-one count to a lefty batter who's really who really good at hitting at the opposite field? Max, like, throw it past him, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care. I'm drunk. Yo, what do you mean? What do you do? You you blink twice. You rear back. You just throw it. You just be better. 
Why aren't you better than him? I am. That's Max Scherzer. <laughs> He's a Larry Bird approach. Joining us on the program, friend of the show, Tommy. Tommy, welcome. Hey, what's up, guys? Tommy, truth back at you. And it's 2-2. Two, two. Houston and the Red Sox. So guess what? That's a new series. Yeah, baby. As far as the Dodgers, Dodgers are concerned, I'm always have this theory. It's got to get even before I feel good. Even my friend that's a Dodger fan from way back says I'll feel better when it's 2-2. Yes, we're surviving right now. We survived not to go down 3-0, and only one team's gone back from that was Red Sox in the early 2000s against my Yankees. But he says we survived, but I'll feel better when we're even at 2-2. Because if we lose the next game, we're down 3-1, and it's like, oh, boy, here we go. Um, it's, it's a really good baseball right now, but I want to ask you guys a question. Who's more of a baseball fan? Vital. It's Vital. Well, Vital is. Not right? at all. I said this this morning on the morning show, and I they didn't understand what I was saying about baseball. I do miss small ball. I miss hitting for average. I think we had one of the worst team averages for baseball this year. I think it was – and baseball is under 300 or 250 or 240 or something like that, correct? I have to look it up. Yeah, yeah, it's it's low. It gets a, a, a tick lower every year. And, and it's, it was horrible. I don't want to see just home runs and striking out. I want to see hitting for average. I want to see bunts. No, not every play. They said, oh, you want to see a butt? No, not every play, but situational baseball, squeeze play. I miss stuff like that. Stealing bases, win. That can make a difference in the game. I miss that type of baseball. And I hope we don't have another year next year where the average goes down to 250 or 240 for, for the overall average in baseball. I think that makes I think that's bad for baseball when you just want to strike out or hit home runs all the time. I think you need to put the ball in play. You Would paid, you guys though. agree with that? That's how you get paid, though. Yeah, like you hit home runs, you strike out, dudes. That's the best hitters. That's the best pitchers. Yeah, yeah. but I'm just saying for the for the fans, I don't want to see that. What are we going to get guys going down to 200 average, 190 average? That's horrible. Me, Cody I mean, is that what you really want to see? Guys going down lower and lower in average. That means they're not hitting the ball. Yeah, that that's uh, your dude, Gary Sanchez, right there. All right, so I'm looking. Yeah, guy, I'm looking. I got the trip. He, all he does is strike out or hit a home run. I'm looking at the averages of all the teams. Okay, so I have that up right here. So for 2021, um, so I don't have the league, but I have all the teams. The best at batting average in the league this year was Houston Astros. Correct. The worst batting average in the league was the Seattle Mariners. Who, by the way, were in playoff contention up Ooh, until I would have thought Pirates or Pirates the, next to last. The very last day, Pirates are bottom six. Okay. Um, but the third lowest batting average, interestingly enough, Milwaukee Brewers. Huh. So I don't know if it is a strong indicator of winning squads. Sure. There's a lot yeah, of maybe the game. Involved. Maybe the game has changed that much. I guess to where it doesn't matter. But mm. I still like to see a base steal and stuff like that once in a while. I used to love watching Ricky Henderson steal bases back in the day. That was fun to watch. Um, and the other question I have for you guys, and it's a hypothetical, but I think I'm going to save it till tomorrow. But I want you to ponder it. <laughs> uh, it has nothing to do with baseball, but soccer stadium and Lobo Stadium. Well, you, you better question. squeeze it in, Tommy, because uh, no afternoon talk radio tomorrow because the Broncos are on Thursday night football. Okay, then I'll ask it really fast. If you had a choice, if it was on the ballot, between renovating Lobo Stadium for the football team, this is for the, the college team that plays at the Lobos because I went to the stadium this year and I was like, wow. Okay. Sure. Or that being on the bond or having a soccer stadium, $50 million to spend hypothetically if the Lobos thing was you know on there. 
what would you do more? Renovate that stadium for the local team to bring in more recruits, better players to, to attract them, or the soccer stadium? I want you guys to think about that. Yeah, let's, the answer today. No, no, we think about that. we only need to think about it during the break. So we'll go to break, and when we get back, we'll in response to friend of the show Tommy's proposal. If we only could have one hypothetical re- renovation, I know it's not going to happen. It's not on the box. Hypothetical Reno- renovation or new build, and we'll give you our answer after this. It's ABQ Central, ninety-five point nine FM and AM six ten. The sports animal. Okay, so the texter is actually in favor of you of being able to have changed a flat tire. Okay? I'm surprised. Great news. Yeah. Yeah. Were you able to change the tire success? You are physically here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Except for a friend of the show on the private text line. Yes. Who called me out on jacking the car up before loosening the lug nuts, which was correct. By the way, I 100% forgot to loosen the lug nuts before I changed, before I jacked up the car. It's been over a decade since I changed the tire, but I had my sea legs. I pit crewed that mother. I did it in like three minutes. Like, wow. It was, it was impressive. Yeah, your Prius weighs 900 pounds. Yeah, yeah. My girlfriend just picked it up and I changed the tire. <laughs> yeah. She can squat. My girlfriend drives a Mini Cooper. Are you familiar with this? So, yes friend of the show foe of the show i did change my own tire in a rapidly fast way pit crew style technically you went through motions twice well no like the first step twice if you auditioned for a pit crew and that's what you did i would probably do my homework though if i was auditioning for a pit crew I didn't expect to have a flat tire after like a decade of not having a flat tire. A lot of NASCAR pick- Especially after I had a beautiful friggin' day at 4th of July Canyon. Hiking with somebody I just cares so much about. Um, A lot of former collegiate offensive linemen become pit crew guys. Yeah, really? I've read that. Why? Um, it's because, number one, they already work really well like together. And it's a team. Yeah. yeah. And um, strong. They're good with directions. Yeah, they're 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 often very smart as well. Like linemen are smart. Some of them have to go to school. Like I did, so I know this is true. A Everything you of them, like a small handful of them, have to go to school, right? So if you all right, so like I just googled it because I was like, I know this is true, but I don't have like anything to cite. So I was like googling it while I'm talking to you. Every article on here is like offensive linemen skipping senior season to go be pit crew. It's a lot of like obviously SEC places cuz that's where right. both football and NASCAR is prominent. They get paid well. Yeah, the but there you go. The and they'll they'll join together um at this stuff. So they they're like, "Hey buddy, you want to you want to be a lineman? I'll be a jackman. You want to be a trunk man? I don't know what other words." Those sounded correct. Yeah. You didn't have to say I don't know. I would have legit believed you just now. Right. We uh, we had Alabama in the preseason rankings at number one until they lost their whole lineman to Jeff Gordon. And now we got them dropped down to two. Go round and round and round. <laughs> Raphael Devers busts up the no-no. Red Sox with their first hit, fifth inning. I'm so very impressed with how Fenway keeps their grass green all fall. Looks good in the HD. We were asked by a friend of the show, Tommy, before the break, in this hypothetical, would we rather renovate the current UNM Lobo Stadium or build a brand new stadium for soccer utilization? Yeah. 
obviously this is pulled loosely from the real world. Sure. Because I believe a lot of people say that why would we build a new stadium when we could just fix this one? Right. Yeah. Also, I'll tell you why. Oh, you all right, go ahead. Real quick, I'll tell you why we shouldn't put United in the Lobo Stadium because it has a friggin' track around it and that will look ridiculous. Wait, is that what is that what Tommy was ins- insinuating? I don't know if that's what he was insinuating. Okay. But that was not part of his question. That is an immediate retort that I have to people who want United to put that money into the Lobo Soccer Stadium. Like no offense to like UNM Stadium, no offense. It doesn't have the amenities you need. No. For a for a United soccer game. Correct. It doesn't have enough this is going to sound over simplistic places to buy food. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't have enough gates. Yeah, it doesn't have enough restrooms. Sure. It does, it's just it's not a facility built for that. That's why like their current situation with Isotos Park is the best one they could currently be in. Correct. Cuz there's enough there to support the people that are there. Yeah. And it's not what it was when it first started. Like there's What was their first year? 2018? Uh, yes. 2018. So in 2018 they're pulling 10, 12,000 a game, almost 15,000 I think is their highest mark. Sellouts almost every game. Yeah. Or close to as possible. Well, here's the thing from like pundit that's, well, they're not drawing what, they, what no one is drawing what they used to. Because it's a pandemic. Are you familiar? Are you familiar with the Corvids? It doesn't work that way. Soccer teams get the Corvids too. We were just talking about the Dodgers. They didn't pack their house in a playoff, NLCS playoff game. Fighting for their lives. Here's my opinion. If you're if you're like, hey, we only have one pool of money, which by the way, we don't. Right, Boston though. Yeah. You can't see a empty seat. Well, no, it's different up there. It's, it's different there. Religion there. It's different. It's not just a hobby like the Dodgers are. Right. It's a birthright. If there's one pool of money to draw money from, and here's the thing, there's not, because we're talking about municipal government versus state government. Sure. Those are two different entities. Yeah. Yeah. One city, one state. Right. One's private a mix of private and city. The other is a mix of state and federal. Uh, federal. Correct. Yeah. It's a co- two completely different situations. But here's my thing. Say you own. It's apples and oranges. It's apples and oranges. They're but, both, they're both friggin' fruits. We get it, but they're different, but I'm playing the game. Sure. Say hypothetically, you have a 50 year old stadium. Okay. I don't know how old you and M stadium is. I'm just going to say 50 years. So you have a 50 year old stadium. And you can put $50 million into renovations, okay? And I think to the like friend of the show, you're like, $50 million, that's a lot of money. It's not a lot of money. Uh, no, I can't not. stress that a lot. No, it's not. Like, once, that's just not a lot of money. Now, you'll it'll look like a little bit more because you don't have to do land acquisition, but whatever. If you put $50 million into UNM Stadium, at the end of the day, you still have UNM Stadium. Like, you don't have a brand new stadium. Like, you don't have a beautiful new toy to play with. You have the exact same seats. You have the exact same parking lot. You have the exact same experience. 1960. So I was close. Yeah. 60 years. 60 um, years old. Construction cost was $4.1 million, which is $36 million in 2020 dollars. There you go. That doesn't seem right. It seems like it should be more than that. I do agree it seems like it should be more than that. Yeah. Now, if you put 50 mil from the city into building a brand new stadium, now not only do you have a brand new stadium, you still have UNM. Like, you still have 
that outdoor venue. So if you're if you're giving me like this, which would you rather? I would rather build a new stadium. Also, the UNM experience, I kind of like. I know it's bare bones. I know that's a steep walk down. It needs some help. It Does needs it? Some help, I like but... it. I like the flavor of it. No, I like I like the experience, but it needs help. It needs streamlining. It needs modernizing. Like that's there's no doubt about that. I don't need escalators to my seats. Oh, I don't either. I don't yeah. need that. That's a little excessive. It's like, it's like Dallas. Stuff. There's too many dumb babies that get caught in the escalator. You can't do that. You know what UNM needs is a fan base that gets it while they're there. Sure. Because it's gonna look, it's gonna look a lot different if you got an invested fan base. Sure. Like we've been to multiple games this season. That's part of our life, right? So you and yeah. No, back to the original question. Like we got we got sideways a little bit. But Sorry. Back to the original question is the answer is both. Do both. Well, you can. Do both. In actuality, you can do both. You can. Yes, yeah. you can. You can get more funds to renovate and modernize Lobo Stadium, and you can get this bond to build a new stadium. It will help Albuquerque. I think you can have it both ways. You can have a new stadium. You can bring in new businesses without gentrifying Borellis and making the charming old one of the oldest neighborhoods in town. Keep it charming. Keep it small. Keep it local. I think you could do both. And if you don't think you can do both, there's probably a politically motivated aspect to it. We're about to have Eddie Nunez on the program. We're going to talk about some upgrades they're doing to like the amenities for the athletes that are UNM. Everything has to go through processes. Right. Like it's the same thing. Like They had to pass this money for the new weight room. They had to get approval by boards. They had to get approval by the state. They had, there are so many people involved. It cannot be done poorly. Like It's to that point where you don't just hand someone X amount of money and say, do it. Everyone has a say. Everyone's involved. Everyone's going to make it work. Let's go to break. Sure. We'll get back. Couple of, we're like 15 minutes from Eddie Nunez joining us to talk about some renovations and improvements over at the University of New Mexico, specifically as it relates to its athletes. 95, excuse me, ABQ Central, 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Animal. Houston, we have life. Houston, for now, we don't have a problem. Alvarez slices one to look just like the corneriest corner of left field. Bounces around real weird for a couple minutes. Two runs. 3-0 Houston, top of the sixth. Chase Chris Sale. Sent Chris Sale to the showers. Well, he hasn't pitched well at all the last month. Almost a quality start today. Almost, almost. Walks and walks and timely hitting. Three runs on three hits. Everyone they got on, they scored. Were you worked up yesterday after the – well, I know you're obviously a Houston fan, so – loaded question are you worked up over like calls no calls in the postseason um not really me neither there's so many yeah if it's like really bad and blatant like i game five ending on a check swing the uh yeah dodgers giants divisional that one was bad 
because you don't end the game, you don't end the series on an objective call. That's too tough to do. But like you talking like balls and strikes, yeah. Like nah, you can't. Like, do that. there's so many pitches every game. Strike zone, you mean? That Nathan Avaldi the other day, yesterday, I guess. He, yeah. Yeah, he's gonna take a couple steps towards the dugout and then whatever. I'm shaking, you know. And then Houston obviously capitalizes right after him. Yeah. I guess it's a story to someone. <clears throat> sure. Because like, oh, if they would have got that strike, the inning wouldn't have happened. Well, there's still one more out, and like, there's still you know you got to get the guys out. But he was getting calls on the other side of the plate. He wasn't getting the inside black, but he was getting four inches on the outside. So, I mean, the ump's a human being. you got to react to his strike zone. He's going to make bad calls all game. And I think that's, like, interesting at this level is a guy like Nathan Avaldi who's been pitching for his entire life. Yeah. Knows how umpires work. Like, it's the first time it's happened. Yeah. Like- Just stand aghast. You know, because you know if, like, an umpire is calling ball strikes a certain way, you know how to expose that. Yeah, sure. You know how to set him up to get those good calls. Yeah. And he was getting the outside on right-handers all game. Plus, calls tend to even itself out throughout the game. Historically, I agree. Sure. Because this is going to sound, like, awful to, like, Dodgers fan. Yeah. The official doesn't care who wins. They just right. want it. They just want it called correctly. They right. want. They don't want to be embarrassed. Right. No one's out to get you. Speaking of balls on the outside of the plate, no one's going to throw a ball on the outside of the plate to Jordan Alvarez. He's a real like rare talent. He's a hitter's hitter. Yeah, He's got one of the best eyes in the game. He's got like Juan Soto level strike zone. I never need to see him in the field. No, it's not necessary. No. If someone else needs a break. Yeah, and that's like a hard if. Yeah. I mean, what do you do with him? Like, all season? Like, you train him to be a first baseman? You train him to be a left fielder? What do you do? Like, no, don't screw this up. Mm -mm. Just let him hit. Please go watch tape of my friend Edgar Martinez in the field. Yeah. Yeah. He's a liability. Doesn't exist. That's the stuff that's like so fun to me about Major League Baseball, where you can be so hyper specialized. You know, you can. Albert Pujols, prime example, right? The Dodgers are like we have you to put you in a late inning to hit a home run off of a left-hander. That's all we need. Yeah, yeah. Clubhouse, clubhouse is obviously sure. huge. Yeah, he's a guy I think who is universally loved. I I can't think of a of a Major League Baseball player being like forget Albert Pujols. Uh, are you you just trying to bait me to say Brad Lidge right now? Brad Lidge <laughs> is probably not a fan of Albert Pujols to this day. Then again, they you know Astros did go the next day and win that game. A- athletes don't hate athletes. I think who beat them at, like when they're at their best, do they? I don't think it's like that. I think when two UFC guys really beat the crap out of each other, trying their hardest, they're not mad at each other afterwards. Oh well, Fury Wilder, did you see that? Like the aftermath? Yeah, Fury tried to go up to Wilder after the bout. You talk about sore losers now. Yeah, and Wilder's like, I don't respect you. Get out of here. Like That's a sore loser. That's a sore loser. Yeah. Sore losers don't count. Sore losers, are they have a title. It's called sore losers. Right. He owned it. He's one of the biggest sore losers yeah. of all time. Now. I think he changed his Twitter handle. Sorest. His face was pretty sore, too. Oh, gosh. 
that's a thing to get beat up real bad and then have the guy beat you up, go out and party all night long. Yeah. <laughs> that's like getting double beat up. He tried to, like, be the bigger man and, and talk to you and tell you, like, well-fought match and you're a champion and and then you say you don't respect him and get out of his face. And then he goes and parties all night with Steve Aoki. Okay. Let's grab a break. We're about five minutes from our friend Eddie Nunez joining us to talk about some renovations going on at the UNM Athletics Facilities. It's ABQ Central, 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Animal. Just got a text from Eddie Nunez. He says, hold up. Hold up. So we are waiting. Okay. He will be joining us to talk about the New Mexico Mutual Champions Training Center. So we're excited about that. When we went to the break, Houston was up 3-0. Then we spent about 90 seconds away, and Houston put three more of them on the board. Six rip. Oh, how the tide has turned, my friends. Top of the six, two out. Houston up 6-0 over Boston. Nobody can stop these guys. Red Sox just scored too many runs in games two and three. I think that's what it was. I can't say you're wrong, but I can say... They scored a series worth of runs in two games. The game forgets about you, though. Baseball don't remember how many runs you scored last game. Oh, I don't care whatsoever. I don't care at all. Nope. End of the inning. Damage is done. Keep this a series. It's like the uppest of hell. We were able to figure out the technology on our end. So joining us on the Quans Auto Care Hotline, friend of the show, friend in real life, director of athletics from the University of New Mexico, Eddie Nunez. Eddie, welcome to the program. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Excited to have you on, my friend. Uh, big announcement earlier this week from the university about the New Mexico Mutual Champions Training Center. Uh, don't let me butcher it as I give it to the friends of the show. Eddie, <laughs> what, what's what, what's going on over there at the stadium? What improvements are you doing for your student-athletes? Well, this is something that, you know, again, is, is something that should have been done a long time ago, but we wanted to make sure it was done right. Uh, this facility, this training center that's for Olympic sports, is really something that um, is going to be one of those uh, staples for when it comes to UNM athletics. It's going to be a hub for all our student athletes. That right now we work out, they work out in a tent, and it's there's things that needed to be done. Uh, we could have done this a year or two ago, but it just wouldn't have been done right. So we're excited to to receive the the one of the final approvals, if not the final approval, here this week. So we will be. Um, it, finishing the drawings and hopefully putting it out uh, to start construction here after the season, after the New Mexico Bowl. So we're, we're excited. So thanks for being on the show, Eddie. Uh, from what I understand, and you could uh, um, let us know if this is correct or not, but this is going to be inside University Stadium, but it's not just uniquely for football. This is for all athletics. Yeah, no, you're, you're correct. Um, this is so basically where if people who've been to our, our football games and have and rec- remember what what they are, the area where you see the, the field tent on the uh, south side of the stadium, that area will 
soon be the new home of our Olympic Training Center. So, and we, it is a focus for all student athletes. One of the things that that we've done over the last year and a half is really our student athletes now are working out in what used to be only the football weight room. One of the things when I got here, I wanted to start allowing and and going back to what it used to be that all our student athletes worked out in whatever weight room. It wasn't just for one sport. Danny has come in and 100% agreed and believes that we all should be training together. Uh, But with, with the number of student athletes, over 400 student athletes being able to have two areas that can maximize those opportunities for our, our female student athletes, our, our our other teams. Uh, our football team is going to, you know, continue to, to utilize their space as well as others. But it's now it's it's a one hub. It's a one stop shop for all the student athletes. What are you in? Like your fifth year here at the university? Is that right? Well, again, if you think about it in dog years, I'm about 35. Okay. I think my first three. Uh, we're considered that. No, yes, year five. Yeah, year you're... five as of October 1st. How long has this been in the works? Like, how, what, like, what does it take? Like, I think that's what the friend of the show is so interested in. Like, what, what bodies got this started? Who broke ground metaphorically on this new weight room? So, you, so before I got here, they had um, made a decision because of, again, financial reasons and everything else to uh, basically move the student-athletes into a tent. And um, at the time, uh, it, it, it wasn't conducive, and it isn't today. I mean, it's a, it's a glorified tent that has that our student athletes have to get out if it's too hot, if it's um, if it's too windy, if it's lightning, you know. So it's it's a glorified tent. So we appreciate what was done back then to at least give us some a space. When I got here, the idea was just to build a metal structure weight room in one of our back parking lots. I thought that was unacceptable. I mean, we're going to do this. We've got to do it right. We're not going to just kick the can a little bit just to do something. So this has been in the works for truly five-plus years. And what I did when I arrived here was take a step back. Let's do it right. Let's go fundraise some more. Let's make it so that it truly is going to be a facility that can be here for years and not just something that's, that we're just temporarily doing to to fix a, a, a problem. So that, that's it. It's been over five years we've been doing it, and all our coaches are on board. All of them are extremely exciting. They know how this can benefit them recruiting-wise as well as our current student-athletes. So this is this is what's going to help us get to that next level. Eddie, uh, what are you doing with the old tent? I like camping. I like to great, party. Great question. Anybody got dibs? Anybody <laughs> No dibs yet? Anybody? Uh, I, I will I, – I, whomever – you and the company could come take it off as soon as we're ready to take it <laughs> off. I'm ready to see that thing. Uh, uh, I see it out my window every day. It is truly right outside my window. So I'm I'm ready to see it go. Whoever, once you and the company figure it out, take it. Do what you got to do with it. I'm, I'm good to let go. So you're saying it's not going to fit in my Prius? I, I will <laughs> say it's going to be just a little bit longer than you need it to be. So um, what are, now what are the future plans going forward? What's going to take the space yeah. of the old tent? What are you going to do with that area? We, we've got some ideas um, to continue to enhance our game day experience and look at doing some things. Um, where the, it currently sits is the old tennis stadium. And so half of that stadium has already been demolished from years ago. So what we'd want to look at doing is seeing how we can maximize our, that space, maybe look at doing some, uh, almost use it as like an amphitheater maybe. So we've got we got different things that we're looking at to help the game day experience, but also be able to utilize it for other things, uh, for all our sports, um, training, and other things because it it still has like the, the the stadium steps for the most part. So yeah. Let me make sure I got these numbers right. 
So New Mexico Mutual, million bucks. That's the lead gift. They say, here you go. Yeah. And because you have 18, 18 sports, is that right? So uh, we have 20. 20. All right. So 20. No, no, we have 18. Yeah. yeah 18, 18 athletic programs. So they give you yeah. a million. But I have an idea this thing's going to cost more than a million. What are the next yeah. steps? Like, what, are the, what do you guys pursue over at the university? What can the friend of the show do if they're excited to be a part of it? Like, yep. what, what, is, what is step two and what is going to be a million-step journey? Yeah, so we've already been able to fundraise some through the state legislature and other capital outlay op- needs. Uh, we've had some wonderful legislators and governors that have stepped up and helped us um, fund some of it. So what we're looking for still, and we have some individuals that are in the, in the hopper, that we're, that, that we're looking and having active conversations with. Um, but if anybody's interested and wants to help us kind of get over the, 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 the top here when it comes to funding for this project, there's plenty of opportunities to give. Um, again, it goes back to servicing all our student-athletes. This is, this is something that will be there. There's some naming opportunities within the space that, we, that, that are available. Um, anything that we can do. We're, we're looking to, to try to raise anywhere between um, – 250 to a million dollars uh, because of the equipment that you need inside of it. You know, that's the one thing that, that people, they think it's, well, it's brick and mortar. And well, it's not, this is for the actual equipment that goes inside. It's so that when we go in there, we don't have, uh, we have the right machines, the right tools, and it's not just a big open space. So um, if we can, if we, if there's anybody interested, please reach out to the athletic department. My email's on the, on the website there. Feel free to email me, email the Lobo club, um, and we'll we'll be happy to sit down with you, tell you what opportunities exist, and and try to make this happen. So the real question is like, how does it help the play on the field, the play on the court, the the play in any of these eighteen different sports? And there there were like yep. twelve teams in the Mountain West, right? Where is this going to take you from ranking of like facilities to where UNM currently is to ranking of facilities to where UNM is going to be? Well, I, I can tell you currently we're probably in last uh, when it comes to weight rooms. Um, we, we have some unbelievable facilities The pit. You know, we've done some things within the, the football stadium, within our, our, all our facilities have had some kind of um, meet, uh, needs met over the last several years. But this weight room will really take us to, you know, into that upper portion. I'm not going to even say it's one, two, or three. It's in that upper portion of the league, which is exactly where we want to be. I'm not, as I've told others, this isn't about putting the, 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 the bells and whistles, and this is about doing it right, making it functional, and helping our student athletes take get the most out of their ability to train and be ready to compete at the highest level. So it's it's really not about the frills and trying to put all the the, the bells and whistles and making it look pretty so much from the outside and spending money where it doesn't need to be. The money is going back into the into the facility that's going to make it functional, and that's the number one goal here: is a functional facility that's going to give our student athletes the best means to be able to achieve their goals. Eddie, you faced some uh, constructive criticism after the Rio Grande rivalry. I'll call it constructive criticism. I heard the worst part of it. But what what are some lessons learned that you learned from game day on Rio Grande rivalry that will enhance Lobo fans' experience on game day going forward? You know, I think that that event, you're correct. You know, we we took some some jabs, and some of them were, were very warranted. You know, we I don't I don't sugarcoat it. We we weren't in our uh, uh, ready to be able to have the amount of people we did. We were anticipating it, but the reality is, our, our fans, our uh, our staffing, excuse me, our 
staffing wasn't at the level we needed to be, and that's partly because, again, we're having trouble in concessions, in our event staff, in parking staff, trying to get individuals to work. That number has increased. We have been able to get more people to help us out. We've also found more creative ways. I'll give you an example in the concessions area. If we don't have the staffing, of course, there's not much I can do but continue to ask people to try to come work and groups to try to come help us out. But what we can't do is partner up with, and which we've done, and I think you might have seen, is we've had more food trucks at our venue than ever. And that's it's not perfect for us because we don't get as much of a percentage when it comes to the bottom line, but that's okay. At this point, it isn't about making the money. It's more so about servicing our, our, our fans. So those are things we've learned. We're trying to adapt. We're trying to modify. We've better educated our people. We've changed the travel patterns getting into the lots. So I want our staff to always be prepared to host 30,000 people. And when we have more, then it's an easy adjustment. I, what we can't do is be ready to, to, to service our fans at a 10,000 level. And then when we do have these big games, not understand what it takes. So um, it, it was a learning opportunity for us. But being away from the venue for basically a year and a half had something to do with it. Those are, those are not excuses. They're, they're the reality. But we don't, we, we, we don't sit here and make excuses. We weren't ready. We need to do a better job. And I think we've done that over the last several weeks. Now we just need our fans to come and enjoy the, 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 all the new things that we've added uh, to the venue. Eddie, you just took it right out of my mouth. You need the fans to show up and support the program. Appreciate that. Eddie Nunez, <coughs> Director of Athletics at UNM. We are up against the break. Any final words before we let you go, friend? No, I, first of all, thank you guys for giving me an opportunity to speak. But I do want to say to our, all our fans out there, give this team a, a chance. They, they've got a young team out there. They're working hard every day. They want to represent you the right way. And so come come. Come support them. They need you now more than ever. So appreciate you guys tremendously. Thank you. Eddie, thank you. Appreciate you, Eddie. Congratulations on the new facility. Good dude. Good dude. I don't mind temporary fix. You were asking about that game today stuff. I don't mind temporary fixes. I don't love temporary facilities. And I think he made a really good point with talking about what they currently have. Have you been inside of there, Vital? Have you seen that, what they currently use? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, um, it leaves some to be desired. It's antiquated. Good word. ABQ Central, 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. Another big thank you to Eddie Nunez for joining us, talking about the new weight room. We talk about people who's like, might be too good at their job. Behind the scenes, in front of the scenes. Yeah. Yeah, he's the whole package. He's that whole deal. Red Sox are going to put another one on the board, so they're up seven rep. <clears throat> the Astros, excuse you. Yeah, my mistake. That's okay. Top seven, nobody out. Uncle Mike, Michael Brantley, hits a single. Scores Altuve, seven rip Houston. Altuve, who had stolen second. So he put himself into scoring position. That was uh, Altuve got on first with a single. Yeah. He is now three for 18. Other two hits were home runs. So until that single, his only other two hits were home runs. From the texter, fans will show up if the team wins and it's provided a quality updated facility. I think right now we're looking at Fenway Park, which is about as old as it gets. Fans show up. A fan who's passionate about the product on the field doesn't, doesn't care if it's a bench, 
or a padded seat they're sitting on. They don't care. How is the program yeah. going to improve without the support of the community? With James Conn. You have to show up. You have to show up. You have to buy hot dogs and soda pops and beers. You have to cheer on the team even when they lose. This is how a program gets better. You infuse community resources yeah. into it. If you're a Lobo fan and you want them to get better, you can't just think they'll magically build you. It's not the friggin' field of dreams, all right? This is real life. You can't just build a new stadium. You can't just renovate a new stadium. With what friggin' money? Show up and support the team, then the program will get better, and then there'll be more sponsors and more partners, and recruiting money will get better, and name, image, likeness stuff will get better, and you'll draw in better players, and the results will be better. It's not just going to happen overnight. I got a fun statistic for you. Ready? Ready to go. And this article is from, let me get it for you. Let me get a date for you in this article. I want to make sure I got it right. All right. It's not dated, so I apologize. So from athletic director you.com. Okay. Okay. United States, universities across the United States have spent roughly $11 billion on new facilities in each year since 2010. Okay. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. It's also a lot of colleges. Well, it is a lot of colleges. Have you seen any of that $11 billion from UNM? Not yet. Not yet. Here we go. And Coach Eddie New or Coach, Director of Athletics, Eddie Nunez is saying, we're kind of near the bottom, Freddie, in the Mountain West. Quote, we're near yeah. the bottom, Freddie. Sure. Sure. And that's that's the honesty I respect out of Eddie Nunez and, and, you know, our guest next segment, Coach G. Yeah. He's an honest guy, too. He's a straight shooter. He will not sugarcoat anything. He will not BS you. And I appreciate that. It's like, hey, our facilities are near the bottom. If we want to get better, this is another part, this is another aspect of the process that has to improve. You know what I hate? Hey. Keep, keeping up with the Joneses. Sure. So, you know what I love? Like, getting out ahead. Like, to me, specifically when you're talking about, like, something that's so tactical as a building, like a brick and mortar, where if you just try to do what everyone else is currently doing, by the time you get it done, everyone else is currently doing something else. Yeah. Yeah. You have to take one step ahead to stay even. You have to take a lot of things into account when you look at a school's athletics program. Yes. What is the population of your area? What is the population of your school? What is the demographics for the people who attend the school? How much money is in your budget? How much money does the program profit? Like, There's so many things that go into running a, a successful, growing athletics department than just saying, I want to be Alabama. How come we can't do what Alabama does? When you get off your private plane, when you visit Alabama, you get picked up by a limousine, and they take you to a campus where you look at a cathedral. That's what happens when you go to Alabama. When you get off at Southwest. You get off the Southwest flight. <laughs> yeah, Not your, first class, by the way. No, and you get your own bag, yeah. and then you Uber and pay the surcharge. It's a different experience. Correct. And it's tough to re- – it's it's impossible to recruit. Let's be real honest. Yeah. The best athlete. The best athlete in New Mexico. I don't know his name. Whoever he is. Whoever she is. And you say, hey, um, 
Best best athlete, Van Nunley. Come with me. And you walk through the parking lot to a circus tent. And you go inside the tent. Yeah, and they say, do you want to make the the, uh, tent pole of honor eventually one day? Hey, Van, bring your own rust-oleum for the weights. How are you a canvas, son? Because we got some patching that needs to be done on yeah, this can, offensive line. Yeah. You're like, what? That's two different things. We know you got an arm sport, but can you stitch this bench? Yeah. That's not going to get recruits. No. A state-of-the-art facility, that's going to keep some kids here. Because that's step one, right? Step one. You keep the local talent. Yes. Your local talent does not leave. They have that local civic pride. They want to make the Lobos better. That's step one. You keep your local talent. Let's grab a break just a minute early so that we can give Vital a second to call Coach G. Good idea. Good idea. We'll grab him at 530. We're, obviously, we'll talk about the Wyoming game because that's important, but I would also like to continue this conversation into a conversation with Coach G. Sure. ABQ Central, 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. Back on the program. A lot of Lobo talk in the 5 o'clock hour. Just had uh, Eddie Nunez on, who's the director of athletics over there at the university, talking about the new weight room. And he gave us the nuts and the bolts, but Coach Gonzalez is going to join us, and he's going to give us the excitement. So, Coach, you're getting a new weight room. Uh, happy birthday. Merry Christmas. No doubt. That's exactly right. That's uh, Thank you guys for having me on. That's a really cool deal. Um, usually, if you look at the history of our program, four years after you have a major project, you have some really good things happening. Uh, 1966, when they opened the pit, uh, Bob King built a tre- tremendous program. In 1960, we opened University Stadium. We won the conference championship in 62, 63, 64. In 94, we opened the Toe Diem building. In 97, we're playing for the WAC championship and in a bowl game for the first time in 46 years. We opened the, in 2001, we opened the, the east north end of the stadium. Uh, 04, 05, or sorry, 02, 03, 04, we competed for the conference championship. And now we're getting ready to build a new weight room in the north end zone, or sorry, in the south end zone. So it's all part of the trajectory of what we got going on around here. So, yeah, I'm really excited about it. You heard it here first, Albuquerque. Weight room and then UNM Lobos 2026 National Champions. There you go. That's It's out there. <laughs> direct, direct there quote. There you go. Direct quote from Coach G. Write it down. When, so, like, obviously, you had time at San Diego State. Obviously, you go to all these different universities around the country when you visit them. You get a chance to see what other facilities have. In your opinion, what UNM currently possesses to what you have firsthand experienced, what is, is there a difference there? Is it vast? Like, do you know exactly what to draw up to, to have in the future for this program? You know, there, there's a lot of ideas around. I mean, I've, got, I've been to a lot of really cool places. I mean, when my opportunity at Arizona State, they had a brand-new building that they really did a nice job on. Um, going around, like you said, going through our league, Wyoming just built a brand-new end-zone building. Uh, that we'll get to see again this weekend. That is just, they did a really nice job. Um, our building is a little bit dated, which this weight room will do significant to help in recruiting. Um, the rest of our facilities, I mean, between the pit, our indoor practice facility, our practice fields, I mean, we've got a really nice setup here. And as long as we continue to maintain and then improve like we do with this weight room, we, we can be in the upper echelon of our league. Now, what we've had around here for the past five years, having our Olympic sports in a tent, is embarrassing to me. And the day I took this job, uh, when I got to meet with all the coaches, I said, all that nonsense of y'all working out a tent's over. Y'all need to come back into our building. We're all in this together. 
and uh, it's been it's been a really good deal. Now this this new weight room is going to help that tremendously. It'll just give us more space for over the 400 student athletes that we have. Coach G, you look like a fit dude. You look like you can pad up and go out on the field still. Are you working out with the dudes? No, I, in the springtime, I work out with them as much as I can because I think it's a really good deal. The more you're around them, the better better you are because if you're around them all the time, they get used to you being around and they don't realize what they're doing and what they're saying and they may say something and you can avoid some bad things happening. So I do get in the weight room. I lift every day. Um, during the off season. I try and run anywhere from three and a half to four and a half miles every day. Just, uh, I mean, you, you got to stay in shape it's for, as much for mental health as anything. So you know when you're playing golf and you don't hit it past the ladies' tee box, you got to drop trowel and go get the ball, right? That's the rule. So what happens when well, Coach well, G out squats you? <laughs> That's my question. Oh, well, I, hey, there, there's still a couple of them that I can out squat, which is, uh, I mean, there's going to be some of that. There's some of them that I can out bench still. And that's the problem. Baby. We need to fix that around here. Yeah. We really do need to fix that around here. And then out on the golf course, um, my wife has gotten to a point now where, I mean, she obviously plays from the ladies' tees, and I don't. But there's times where she can now drive me. For, my, my ball ain't going past hers because she's playing really well. So you're right. If you don't hit it past that ladies' tee box, uh, there's issues, and you gotta, you got to pay for them. <laughs> Pivoting from what's going on at the facility to what's going on in the field, heading to Wyoming this upcoming weekend, uh, the last time you guys played Wyoming, uh, I mean, maybe the the most nail-biting I've ever done in the history of, of observing a college football game. Uh, you don't have to remind the athletes of that, but do you use it when talking about what, what the possibility or the outcome or the approach for this weekend is? Um, you know what? I think uh, the ones that are going to use it the most are Wyoming because I promise you, going into that game, they didn't believe that we could beat them. Um, our kids did. Obviously, we made enough plays. Um, to have a chance to win that game, especially down on the goal line when they have the ball going in to, to seal the game and we cause a fumble. Um, so I, I promise you that, that Wyoming will not uh, overlook the Lobos this year like they might have last year. And then our kids understand that, I mean, we obviously haven't played very well over the last four weeks, so we've got a lot of things to fix on our own. And that's been the, uh, that's been the challenge in practice this week. And we've done a really – we've gotten really um, – we've had really aggressive practices. Uh, I think that bodes well for our team, and we'll figure out how this thing goes the rest of the way. Injuries, COVID scares, there's been a lot of impediments to uh, this football team's journey throughout the year. Is the football team healthy going into this one? Well, we have your your normal bumps and bruises that, that every team has, um, which I mean, if you don't have those right now, you're not a very good football team. And I think you should be the healthiest before game one. You should feel great. You should feel like a million dollars. And then after game one, if you feel good, then you're doing the wrong things as far as playing football. So we've got the normal things. We don't have any major other than our quarterback. Terry is still still trying to manage that elbow. We're just trying to figure out whether or not he can play this week. Now, obviously, that's probably the most important part of your team, the most important position because the leadership. And he touches the ball on every play and he distributes it. So um, we're still trying to manufacture to see if we can get him ready for Saturday. Ideally, he would be the starter. If he's unable to go, then uh, Isaiah and C.J. Montez are taking the reps this week, and we'll figure it out probably late tomorrow or maybe even up before kickoff on Saturday who's going to start. So we get a lot of questions on this show about young, undefeated quarterback Isaiah Chavez. Is this kid going to get a chance sometime soon? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, we, uh, what a lot of people need to continue to remember was that Isaiah missed six weeks. Um, Isaiah, really for four weeks, he wasn't allowed to do anything. 
whether it be cardiovascular. There was days he wasn't even allowed to be outside on the practice field. And when you go four weeks without, or six weeks really, without doing any cardiovascular activity, um, it's really rough to go ahead about that. And so over the last three weeks, uh, Isaiah has really done a good job of working his tail off to get back into game shape, to give himself a chance to be able to play the longevity of a game. We put him in the end of uh, the game on Saturday to give him some live speed reps against a different opponent, which he did a decent job in his, in his six plays. Um, he will be ready to play this weekend. If he continues to perform well in practice, then he'll be the one that gets to play. Um, I really like Isaiah Chavez, not only as a, as a player, but as a leader. Uh, last year on the sidelines, even when he wasn't playing, he was the one that was coming to the quarterbacks when they were coming off the field, talking through ideas. He was the, he was the loudest supporter. I mean, he was always into the game, and that has not changed. Even through his injury, he's still been able to be a great leader for the guys. And all the way through Saturday, he was trying to help C.J. Montez through the tough afternoon that he had. So that's who Isaiah is. And I'm excited and glad that he's on our football team. And he's earned the opportunity to play. And now that he's got an opportunity to practice over the last few weeks, I feel comfortable with uh, the fact that he'd be able to play a game and safe to put him out there. So Wyoming is like preparing for the possibility of, of multiple different quarterbacks. You're preparing for the possibility of multiple different Wyoming quarterbacks. I saw Craig Bowl announce it could be Chambers, it could be Williams. How does your defense prepare not necessarily knowing who's going to be under center for the opposition? Well, I mean, they might have a, a bigger issue than us because what we did with Terry and what we were able to do with CJ and Isaiah was slightly different. I mean, we're not we don't have the capability of having two or three game plans because we're not obviously executing one game plan on offense. Right. So we're very limited with how many, I mean, all three of them have to be able to do the same thing. Uh, their offense is very similar as we got to play against Levi Williams last year, who they brought in at the end of this game Saturday against Fresno. Um, that's who was their starting quarterback and who played the majority of the game until he had a shoulder injury late. And then Sean Chambers, they're very similar. Now Sean Chambers is a great athlete who likes to run the football He's a big old sucker. He's 6'5", almost 230 pounds, uh, in the build of Josh Allen, who was there before, and he tries to just annihilate you when he runs the football. So they're very similar in what they do as far as how they play. So the offenses we're preparing for, it doesn't really matter who the quarterback is. They're going to run the same things, and they're going to have the same philosophy. So with that being said, you, you have the option to play multiple quarterbacks, and how different is offensive coordinator Derek Warheim's offensive scheme for each quarterback? Do you have, like, a general giant game plan, or do you have multiple sets for different potential quarterbacks? No, we, we have a, a similar game plan for all three quarterbacks because it's, it'd be way too much. Uh, we're a young football team, I and mean, we had two freshmen start on the old line last week. You can't give them two or three game plans. They wouldn't be able to execute it. So it's a very similar game plan for all three. Now, now the three of them each have different specialties. So you can dial the plays based off of what they're good at. But the whole scheme for the offense is not going to change because of who we're playing at quarterback. Total yards have been there kind of all season for you, Coach, but it's just finishing drives and touchdowns and putting points up. What is the key to that? What is the key, like inside the twenty, for for this for the offensive side of your team? Because what are you, you're at like over like three hundred sixty yards a game or something. Like you move the ball, but but what is the next step in in finishing drives? Well, it's, it's obviously starting up front. We've got to we've got to continue to work to the second level to give the running backs an opportunity when we run the ball to be able to get to the secondary and, and try and make safeties and corners miss. 
Uh, we're right now blocking the guys at the line of scrimmage, but we're not making very many second-level blocks. And then when we throw the ball, we have to protect the quarterback better. I mean, we, we haven't given him a whole lot of time. And I think that was part of CJ's problem on Saturday is I think he got a little bit spooked when uh, about the third play of the game, we had an over route. Andrew Erickson's coming wide open. But because CJ had a white jersey flash in front of him and it's an inexperienced quarterback, um, he got spooked and got out of there and ended up getting a sack. So we've got to continue to protect him, work on protecting him better, and then climb to the second level so that we can finish those plays. I think I said 360. 260 is what I meant, 260. There you go. Uh, Coach, I know your focus is on this season. I know your focus is on this group of young men. But what does this facility do for recruiting? What does this facility do for not only recruiting but keeping New Mexico and Central New Mexico's athletes here with you? Oh, I think it's significant. And I think um, what it really does, and, and really we'll get as much in recruiting off of the pictures that we've shown, that we're showing the recruits currently as we speak with what it's going to be. Um, and then when we're getting construction and having the actual building going before the building's made, we'll get as much runoff of that because everybody's excited when you have something new. Everybody gets excited when you have an opportunity to be a part of something new. So we'll get dividends off of it right now during recruiting. And then as we continue to move forward, um, just having a new building, like I said, four years from the beginning of a new building, most of the time you have something really successful. So we're uh, counting on that. Now it comes down to evaluating and, and finding the right kids and finding kids that want to be Lobos, and we'll continue to do that. And keeping the in-state kids, that, that's going to be a priority, me, priority for me the entire time that I'm here. Coach, if you need me to break a bottle of champagne or like a Smith machine or something, you let me know. I'll come in and – I'll just I'll crest it in the building. I don't mind. I'm that guy. Coach Gonzalez, thank you so very much for joining us. Well, I appreciate you guys having me on, and I promise you this. We're going to win a conference championship around here, and when you do, you can come and crack as many champagne bottles as you want, however you want, and we'll have a whole bunch of fun drinking them. Thanks, right. guys. Thanks for having me on. Go Lobos. Hey, thanks, Coach. Excellent talent, excellent personality. And, I mean, this is why I'm staying enthused about the program. Just sure. is the energy. Sure. Yeah. I mean, you, you can stay in whatever echo chamber you want, Lobo fan. But I'm telling you, with a guy like Coach Gonzalez leading young men, I'm convinced we're going to graduate kids better than when they came in, and we're going to have a pr football program better than whenever he came in. It's ABQ Central on 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. All right, so you got to pick a winner, right? Can't just say, let's go Lobos and then call it. Well, I, that's what I would rather do. Thank you very much. <laughs> I just want to support the boys, support the program, because they are in a tough spot. Zero and six again. Zero and seven against the spread this year. So that's not good. That's, that's, I would agree. With this. Las Vegas, Nevada, is very talented at doing this. New Mexico defeated Wyoming the last time they played, seventeen sixteen. Vegas nope. got it wrong. December 5th. Vegas got it wrong then, didn't they, Vital? 2020. That's what's up. Hey, and you heard it from Coach G. Isaiah Chavez has a shot this week taking more snaps. If Isaiah Chavez takes the majority of the snaps, they're going to win, right? I mean, that's what Lobo fans says. Historical evidence shows that if he plays, he wins. He's undefeated. Take that, Vegas. Yeah. He is undefeated. He has never lost. Does Vegas know about Isaiah Chavez? He has never lost a college football game. I don't know him. Granted, it's only two of them. 
but he is undefeated. To be fair. I like those odds. To, to be, be fair. fair. It's two more than any of us have won. 100%. Here's some insights. Ready? Wyoming's games this season have gone over 40 and a half points three or five times. Why am I pointing that out? Okay. Because that's the over-under. Ooh. Okay. New Mexico's games have gone over 40.5 points in three of six chances this season. So, at 40 and a half, you're over-under. I'm taking the over. So, you see a turnaround in Lobo offense. You think Lobo offense is going to put it together. Averaging 14 points a game. Ooh. The average points per game for both of these two teams together is 39.3. So, so yeah. that's the under. So you anticipate the Lobos doing better on offense. So what's that? Like less than two? Yeah, I'm going to say between the two teams, they will have a, a score being anything, a safety field goal t- touchdown. Above their average. Yes. Okay. Wyoming – Favored by 20. So hear me out. I'm taking the Lobos. Lobos in the over. In the over. If Isaiah Chavez is is playing, give me all the Isaiah Chavez you got. Lobos with the points in the over. I like it. I like it a lot. Now, does Wyoming still win? I mean, maybe. Big favorite. 20 points is a lot. Conference rival, upstart team. Oh, my gosh. With the play of the game, the left field ball girl with the one-hop scoop. Look at that smile. Oh, my goodness. If you're watching from home, you know how cool that just was just now. She cannot contain her smile. This is absolutely adorable. God, how can you not be romantic about baseball? The Lobos averaging like 260 a game, yardage-wise. The Cowboys give up far more than that. Yeah. The Cowboys give up like 320 yards a game. Yep. So you would think this Lobos team is going to like find more grass or turf than they have at least throughout this season. I'm telling I think to me – Lobos with the points, take the over. I think that's a smart bet. If you're a betting man, that's what I would take. 20 points is a lot. It's a lot of points. That's a lot of points. If you get a fun prop one, I think the Lobos are going to take it away a couple times. The quarterback, I'm going to be honest, like friend of the show, the quarterback playing Wyoming is very bad right now. They didn't score for like two and a half games. Right. It might have been just, a, it might have been two games proper, but they just didn't score. Terry Terry Wilson gets a lot of flack from Lobo, I guess, hater. Yeah. Chambers from Wyoming is having a worse season. Less yardage, less percentage, less touchdowns, more interceptions. Yeah, their philosophy up there is just run the ball, just take the rock and run it at you. And if you don't count Air Force, Coach Long does very well against that. Air Force is just a whole other monster. We, yeah, that's different. Yeah, that's it's completely different. Let's not talk about them. 
But this is a winnable game. Being on the road makes it tougher. That's, I mean, cliche again, but. 100%. 20 points is a huge spread. That means Vegas has a very good idea who is going to win this football game. Yeah. But I think the Lobos will have something to say about that. I see a, a very competitive game. Let's go to break. We're 15 short minutes away from Christy Kim, the events director over at the Lobo Theater. They just had their bigger renovation. <coughs> I'm DJ Cool all of a sudden. I'll, AB- I'll let you. ABQ Central, 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Animal. Back on the program. I'm not certain. But one straight hour of Lobo Talk may be the most Lobo Talk we've ever done in one We perfect. set a personal record for the show. We've done two segments in a row. We've never done four. So, 505-246-0610. To congratulate us. Super s- fervent Lobo fan. Text us. Say thanks. Just one thank you. That's all we need. Just one. Today, or yesterday, last night, I came across today. Okay. (laughs) They all run together. I had this conversation earlier, like how hard it is to tell time frames apart, like during and post-COVID. Oh, yeah. It's it's already Wednesday. It's always already Wednesday. It's already Wednesday, bro. So in 1996, Van. Okay. The NBA, on its 50th year anniversary, okay. released the 50 greatest players in NBA history. Okay. Names that you're familiar with, all of them. Right. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, okay. Nate Archibald. He's good, he's good. Yeah. Charles Barkley, Rick he, Barry. He's good, he's good, he's good. You want me to keep going? Shaquille O'Neal. He's Ro- good, he's Robert good. Parrish. He's good. John Stockton. Oh, yeah, good player. Jerry West. Very talented. Lenny Wilkins. Exceptional. Cool. So... This is the 75th anniversary of the NBA this season. So to officially kick off the 75th season of existence and to celebrate the league, it's decided to name the 75 greatest players in league history. Okay? Is this just like ranking them by talent? Or is this one a year? How are they doing this? You want like the definition. Of the list. It's just the greatest players, right? It's the one greatest through, players. One through 75. So, unlike the 96 list, they're not ranked one through 75. You're, this is just the varsity. So, everyone's on the team. Okay? The list I have is alphabetical, and that's stupid. I want you to go, go out on a limb, and I want the NBA themselves to rank their players. This is Bush League. <laughs> You this, is, hey, this is the coward's way out. Let's do that on Saturday. Is what this is. Saturday we're going to rank them. Yeah, I love that. All right, I'm in. We'll let's get uh, we'll get an NBA expert. Okay, and we'll rank them. Sweet. So turn in, tune into the Saturday show eight to eleven. We're going to rank this list of seventy five players. Now, not the entire list is out yet. Okay. So on Tuesday they released the first twenty five names. Okay, I, I legit have never heard of the first one. <laughs> On Wednesday, they announced – today, they announced the next 25, and tomorrow, the final 25 will be announced. Okay? Well, I got the whole list. You have 50. You don't have all 75. Well, I mean, if I count incorrectly, I got them all. 
That's a com- that's a complex sentence. Yep. So pa- on the list, Paul Ariza. I gotta Google it. I got yeah. I'm the host of a sports talk radio show, and I don't know one of the greatest 75 players in the history of this sport. Neither does Google. <laughs> oh, that's why he's old and white. His NBA debut was November 4th, 1950. On the list. Hey, Paul Joseph Arizon, nicknamed Pitchin' Paul, was an American basketball player who spent his entire NBA Basketball Association career with the Philadelphia Warriors oh. from 1950 to 1962. Today I learned. Yep. Uh, 21, 22.8 points per game for his career not so bad not bad that's pretty good considering they scored like 40 points a game then it's a really good point actually so as the list is out 50 of them are out okay okay so of the 50 that are out 41 players of the 50 that are currently out were also on the 1996 list because you would assume that some guys fall off from 50 to 75 but if you add 25, all 50 should be there. But they shouldn't, right? Because there's more than 25 of the greatest players that ever played Currently that have played since in have, the last 25 years. Have played since and all and or are currently playing. So, 41 of the 50 are there, which means probably nine have fallen off. Oh, 41? Yeah. Okay. So, That's- 41 of the 50 are there. Paul Arizon made it. It's a big deal. But, like, some guys on the list that weren't, like, on the 96 that have been released today, Chris Paul is on the list. He should be. <clears throat> Never won a ship. James Harden is on the list. Should be. Kevin Durant is on the list. He should be. He's top five forever. Giannis is on the list. He's top one right now. Dirk is on the list. Oh, definitely. What is he, top 12, top 15? I mean, these are guys that are new from the 96 is what I'm giving you. Steve Nash is on the list. It should be. I agree. Tim Duncan is on the list. Okay, the very first person on the list I think is the only one that I don't know. Never mind, there is two. Who is Bill Sharman? Allen Iverson is on the list. Ah, another super old white guy. Um, Bill Sharman only. That's 17.8 points per game. Those are all the new. Every name I just gave you is new to the list. Okay? So everything else, those nine guys I gave you are new. The other 41 were on the list from 96 of the 50 greatest. Sweet? Yeah. Which means the remaining 25 are all guys that came to the league after 1996. That would make sense. That's a long time. There's been, I think, more talent than that. The difference in between 1996 and 2021, I don't know if you know this, it's 25 years. Yeah. But I'm telling you, there's more than one player a year average is what I'm saying. And I know like nine of them are already here. But if you're going to be like like those two gentlemen you named, they're not in the mix. Well, they made it. 
they did make it, but I'm telling you, they didn't. They shouldn't have. That's right. I don't know if you if you take Bill Sharman right now and put him on Golden State, you never heard of Steph Curry. That's not a real sentence. <laughs> if you if you take Paul the Reason right now and put him on the Brooklyn Nets, Kevin Durant, who? No, just flat out no. You know how good they used to dribble back then? They didn't. They dribbled so well that they constantly watched the ball bounce up and down while they were dribbling. That's intense focus. Can these guys today do it? No. Basketball players today, they're dribbling between their legs, throwing it behind their back, just throwing it up at the rim and let somebody else jump up in the air and grab it. That's not basketball, Fred. I'll tell you what basketball is. Staring at the ground and running towards the basket while you're staring at the basketball going up and down because you don't have the confidence to look up from the basketball while you're dribbling, then you stop with both feet flat-footed and take a jump shot. That's basketball. You're very confused. (laughs) (laughs) James Harden, excuse me, James Harden was told today by reporters that he made the list of the 75 greatest players to play the game, did you see his reaction video? Oh, God, no. What did he say? Just cried. He cried? Cried. Could not believe it. He cried. He probably didn't understand the rules. He, like, they, they probably thought he was the 75th best player. And he's like, I should be 25. No, no. That's not what he meant. Tears of joy. Oh, he was honored. Yeah. He wasn't disappointed. No. In his ranking. Correct. Okay. He said, really? Got up, had a moment. Put his sunglasses on and cried. Oh. I loved it. That's amazing. They also told him Kevin Durant made it, and he said, I need Kleenexes that super soft to wipe away these tears. Oh, very nice. Good job. Thank you. <laughs> he deserves it, right? Yes. He's very good. Top five in the MVP voting every year. And just beard alone, he should be top 75. Triple, double, triple, double, triple, double, triple, double, triple, double, triple, double, triple, double. I can't, I can't say that enough times. You're thinking about uh, Russell Westbrook. Also triple, double, but triple, also... Triple, triple, double, triple, triple, triple. Also last night, Steph Curry's triple, double, triple, double, triple, double, triple, double. Christy Kim, the events coordinator, manager, director of events. I'm, I'm not sure of her job title. It's going to join us from the Lobo Theater. They've rebranded. They've renamed. They've remodeled. They're, they're re-everything. When we get back, we're going to talk you through it because they're having all their opening festivities starting tomorrow night, and we're excited to be able to share that with the friends of the show. ABQ Central, 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. Okay, let's go sports adjacent for a minute. Okay, Okay. I I could dig that. Near sports, but not sports. We haven't really talked about it a ton during the weekday program. We talk about it on the weekend program a lot. But you and I are producing Rocky Horror Picture Show at the Lobo Theater. Correct. On October the 30th. Stoked. Super stoked. Uh, RHPSABQ.com if you want to get tickets to come see the Rocky Horror at the Lobo Theater. And we keep calling it the Lobo Theater because that's what people know it as. That's like we're going with like what people know. So we're bringing in right now like the brainchild behind the Lobo Theater, Christy Kim. Christy, welcome. Hello. Hi. Excellent. Is it still the Lobo Theater? Is it having like you've redone everything? Is it the same name? Is it the same place? Is it the, what's what's going on over at the Lobo Theater? 
So essentially, um, we will be resurrecting the Lobo back to its original glory days and making it even better. Um, so Richard Rivas is the brain and really the brawn behind this operation. Super nice guy. Awesome. And he had dreams of really bringing this space back as a community space for events, for movies, um, to come and have a drink and just leave with a smile on your face. So the look is new and vintage. What's what's the passion project here that like what's the inspiration for the new look of the Lobo Theater? Um, so Richard was really trying to channel the 1940s Hollywood vintage vibe. Um, the theater originally opened August 19th, 1938. So it's been 83 years since the grand opening. Um, and we're really trying to bring back the glitz and glamour of that time um, to Knob Hill now. The Lobo Theater Lounge and Event Center, uh, located where it's been located forever in Knob Hill. Like, there's no reason to even give the Addy. Everyone knows about it. Um, but now the 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 renovation's done. The remodel's done. Like you guys are where you want to be, and it's a beautiful space. If I were to describe it, I would say it's like noir. It's like it's a it's a mix of like old class, but like like new amenities. I think it's really fun and smart. Um, we're hosting the Rocky Horror Picture Show on the thirtieth, but you decided to sneak a week of events in before us, and those start tomorrow. They do. We're very, very excited. This is our opening week to the public. Um, there's been a lot of time and effort, blood, sweat, and tears put into it, and we are excited to host everybody who wants to come out and support us. Uh, we're starting with The Deal taking their residency. The Deal is a Grateful Dead cover band. That is tomorrow. Tickets are only $10 um, on Ticketmaster or at the door. And that actually gets you entry into our Saturday day of music as well. Say what? That's right. Two for one. So if you buy a ticket to the deal at the opening of the Lobo Theater, not only do you get to be the first person to see the inside of the new Lobo Theater, your ticket gets you into another day on Saturday morning? From 2 to 6 p.m. We'll have lots of different groups, and the deal will be playing again, too. The best place to get... Uh, tickets, the best place to access for shows is where? Ticketmaster.com. Now, man, I don't know if you know, The Deal is actually a song. Yes, it is. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was just trying to help you out. I didn't know if you were. I'm a Grateful Dead fan. I wouldn't lump myself in with a dead head. I, well, I'm dead head adjacent because my brother is one. Okay. Uh, so we have a lot of friends of this show, and obviously people have not been to the Lobo Theater in years. Mm. Like, and I guess unless you're worshiping, because that's what it had been for five minutes. Um, so we're going to give friends of the show the opportunity. So reach out to the program, 505-246-0610. Let's get, you want to give away some tickets? Yeah, let's do it. So let's do that. So let's give away four of them. We'll give away four tickets to the Lobo Theater. That's tomorrow night, Thursday the 21st. The Dead, it's a Grateful Dead tribute band. I know Vitel just stepped out. So text the program, too, because he's not there to answer the phone. Speaking of the text line, that one thank you for Lobo Hour, we got one thank you for Lobo Hour. So shout out, friend of the show. Appreciate you. 505-246-0610. Connect with us, and we'll connect you with the Lobo Theater to see The Deal, a Grateful Dead tribute man, tomorrow night, Thursday night, which is the first open event since the renovation. That's right. Exciting stuff. Super incredible. So Thursday- And also gets you in 2 to 6 on Saturday. That's right. The Deal is tomorrow. Friday, there's an open house. We are opening it up to everybody to come check out everything we've done. 7.30 p.m. We open. 
Electric Playhouse will be putting together an immersive light display for us. We'll have DJ Chachi spinning, um, real fun 70s, 80s funk, and just kind of throwing back, have a good time, have some drinks, and check out the space. I see the phone lines are lighting up, but Vital did just step away from the phone. So, like, like maintain your call. I hope it's you. Yeah. Stay online. Um, sorry. So then that's Friday and that's going to be, that's going to be real special and fun. And when everyone comes in, it's, it's, what's the experience? Like you walk in, like the gate is up, you're underneath the marquee, you walk in, then what is the first thing that happens? Well, come into our full bar and grab a drink. Um, we'll be, we'll have a full selection of beers, um, local beers, other beers, liquors, lots of drinks. Um, and then come in and check out the space. We'll be having the DJ in the theater event space, um, and then that's where the lights will be as well. I'm excited to work with the Lobo. I'm excited to do Rock Horror Picture Show. If friends of the show are also excited, how do they contact you to host an event? How do they contact you to perform at the venue? How do they contact you to make the Lobo to breathe life into the Lobo Theater? For sure. None of this would be possible without community support and involvement. So the best way to connect with us right now is via social media. Mm -hmm. um, so we're on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, Lobo Theater ABQ. Um, and then we're, we also have LoboABQ.com, which is our website. And you'll see our full events calendar there, as well as a way to contact the management team on hosting uh, weddings, corporate events. Whatever you want to do. What it, I think it's our bad, but we kind of glossed over your performers on Saturday night. You got some special treats for Albuquerque. We sure do. So um, on Saturday night, we'll have the Ron Crowder Band coming into play, and they will be performing and sharing the stage with New Mexico Hall of Music Hall of Fame inductee Hillary Smith oh, and Chillhouse. Cool. Wildly talented. How cool. So, th so the vision is the doors are going to open on Thursday, and then you guys are going to have something for the public. What, like every day, every day of the year? Is that the plan? Or That is the plan. Um, we plan on opening up the lounge space to come in. It'll be the coolest place in Knob Hill, soon to be, to come have a cocktail, meet some friends, grab a light bite, um, and then also see all sorts of shows and performances. Um, pretty so uh, the Lobo Lounge is, is talking about being open not just on show nights. So if you want to just come and have a drink at the beautiful, renovated Lobo Theater, you have that option. That is correct. Again, apologize to the friends of the show. Literally, there's like a ton of people calling. But Mike got pulled out seconds before we announced a call to fix something. So like, stay with, stay with the call on the line. And as soon as Michael is back, then congratulations to one of you. Keep dialing. Yes. Just keep dialing. People are obviously excited for it. Uh, what? So, Christy, as we're talking about the Lobo Theater, we're talking about some of the performances. Um, I think theater. I think I think primarily music. Is it primarily music? Are you guys going to do a lot of stage stuff? Is there going to be is there going to be something for everyone, or is this just my new venue for for jams? We want to be all the things, anything that brings a smile and community together to share the space. So that will be Midnight Movies coming back, Rocky Horror Picture Show. We'll be doing flamenco performances. Um, really, if you can dream it, we'd like to be a part of it. That's an excellent answer. And Rocky Horror Picture Show is all of the things in one. It's a movie. It's a musical. It's science fiction. It's interactive fun. We get to do all that 
on Saturday the 30th. And I don't think we're not featured, right? We're just producing. Like, we're not going to have microphones. We're not going to be in front of anything. Oh, God, no. We'll ruin the whole thing. We are not. What are you talking about? We are about? not talented performers. Oh, no, 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 no. We got professionals yes, to do that. We do have professionals. Yeah. If, so, like, when you're talking to individuals about the Lobo Theater, is the Rocky Horror conversation coming up often? Are people excited about it? Oh, for sure. Um, it's actually up on the marquee. So that's been really exciting to get that lit up again. Mm -hmm. um, and people are really psyched to have that back in Albuquerque, to have a full performance and have a space to do that. Michael is now returning to field the calls. So how very exciting. We will have a winner for our tickets in just one moment. And we'll, we'll make that announcement as soon as we have it. And if guy who got cut off by the phone ringing too many times and it hanging up on itself... If you call and make a really good case for yourself, I will buy you two extra tickets. Well, there you go. If you got cut off and you don't win the two or the four tickets, I will personally buy you tickets if you got, if you got shut out. I love that. that uh, Van, you're a better person than I. Most generally. Well, we know that. <laughs> People listen to the show. They already know that. Um, so, we're gonna, again, one more time for the friends of the show that don't. Because the venue, it's – I'm going to – like, here's me. Here's regular Fred, not radio Fred. Here's regular Fred. It's the coolest thing I've seen. Very nice. Cool. I want individuals that are excited about putting on performances to have an opportunity to connect with you to do that. The best avenue for someone who wants to put on a show at the theater is to do what? It's to go to LoboABQ.com to go to our events page and to request to book an event. Sounds easy enough. Or you could text us just straight away. Just we'll, we'll put you in touch with them. Text the boys. Just text the boys. 505-246-0610. We're, we're such good friends with the Lobo Theater. We will put you in direct contact. And again, apologies to the friends of the show because we saw all the calls coming in, but Michael had to step away. Yeah. Um, call again. Call again, and we'll make sure we get you connected with the tickets for tomorrow night for the event. So the event, again, tomorrow at 730, the deal, the Grateful Dead cover band, that is $10. Purchasing a ticket to that tomorrow gets you into the Saturday opening day, everything from 2 to 6. Everything from 2 to 6. Perfect. And then Friday is the open house, which is 730 to 11. Is there a cover for that? No. Just come and hang out. Come hang out. Too good. Yeah. Christy Kim, anything we missed? No, you guys are great. Thanks for being a part of this and for partnership, and we're excited. You want to hang out for another segment and talk basketball? Um, no, you don't want me doing that. <laughs> <laughs> Yay, sports ball. Christy Kim, who apparently is not a fan of the round ball, but she is a fan of the ballroom setting. Yeah, she's going to like it when we put on a theater performance of Casey at the Bat. Right. <laughs> it's, it's a two-man show. It's just me and you. Yeah. And you're performing. I'm the narration. Yeah. Like, I, I lead you. I, I'm already into this. Idea. We could do right who's on idea. first. Double feature. Yes. We do Casey at the bat. Then we do who's on first. I love it. Christy Kim of the Lobo Theater. The, is that the official title? I want to make sure I'm getting it right. We are the Historic Lobo Theater Lounge and Event Center. Ooh. There you go. That sounds way better. ABQ Central on 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Animal. Christy Kim sticking around with us to talk some mental health stuff. Specifically, kind of the story of... Kind of story of Delonte West. So, Delonte West, who, if you're a friend of the show, we've talked about this a lot. By the way, through the break, I don't think we gave away our tickets. So, four tickets tomorrow night to the deal at the Lobo Theater, 505-246-0610. You call us. We'll give you a four-pack. Go see Grateful Dead cover band at the brand-new, renovated Lobo Theater. And not only do you get a concert 
tomorrow night at the newly renovated Lobo Theater, you get to use those tickets all over again for another concert Saturday afternoon, 2 to 6. Aw. So whoever called, we missed your call. Sorry. We'll figure it out. Super producer Mike Vital was handling business. So Delonte West was arrested in an apparent relapse. Uh, just to paint the picture real quick on Delonte West. So Delonte West was in the league from 04 to like 12? Sure. Okay. So he was in the league, uh, played in Boston, played in Cleveland primarily. Dallas. Dallas. Yeah, ended his career in Dallas. So when Delonte was in the league, um, it was like a mental struggle for him, right? Which makes a lot of sense. That's a big transition. He, I know he's famously described himself as, quote, unquote, happy poor. Yeah. Like that's a his existence growing up. So he gets to the league, uh, hits all the things that are, that are difficult with being in the league, specifically all the things that are difficult with being in the league, being, you know, a multiracial guy, right? African-American. He's Native American. He's he's part white. Like he's he's all of these different things and just really didn't find his identity. Didn't find his identity to the degree of a bipolar disorder diagnosis in 2008. Sure. Now, Christy, I don't know how aware you are of this, but uh, he initially accepted this diagnosis and then went on to be like, I refute. Like, I don't agree. This is not my thing. And then, uh, Van, you work in the mental health world kind of a lot. And he has these like these like valleys and mountains, these peaks and valleys of just like emotion, of just like behavior of action. Um, in your like professional opinion, you spend a lot of time in this world. What is going on with Delonte West? Well, I mean, he was diagnosed bipolar schizophrenic, and depending on how big your swings are, I mean, you've heard it before, you have manic states and you have depressed states. The manic states are when everything's going amazing, you're all smiles, you're talking a million miles a minute, you cannot be any happier, and then the big swing goes down, you're in a depressed state. And usually when people get treatment for bipolar manic depression is to keep them on an even keel, as even as possible, whether that's through therapy, diet, exercise, and usually a mix of medications to help you with that. What, I, what I've been seeing over the years with, um, and by the way, I'm not a mental health professional anymore. No. If you're having issues, do not listen to a sports talk radio host. <laughs> Please go seek a professional. But I mean, we've seen this a lot with Delonte West throughout the years. He'll get some help. He'll get back to his baseline mental health. And then he will quit, he will refuse treatment, and then he will go on a bender. He will go on a relapse. And, and you saw that again just two days ago where he was intoxicated and well, allegedly intoxicated and on narcotics and in a really bad mental state and trying to beat down the door of a police station while holding two bottles of alcohol. So it's obviously not going well for Delonte West again. He had been reached out to from Mark Cuban in like September of 2020. Yeah, we covered that as well. We yeah, had he, a... yeah, he was panhandling at the time and um, like an intersection in Dallas, like former NBA player, like standing on the street corner. And there was this like perception that he was doing really well. It didn't actually turn out that he was able to stick with it. Right. Yeah. So this is where we are now. It, and it's like, what responsibility falls on the league? What responsibility falls on the owners? What responsibility falls on the NBA PA? Like, is there any, or is this all, like, eat what you kill? Yeah, and I think Delonte West is going to set a new precedent going forward on monitoring young men's mental health in the league. Because he's kind of the standard bearer 
for mental illness in professional sports right now. Um, I wa- I'm a big fan of LeBron's show, The Shop, on HBO. Have yeah, you seen it? Yeah, very good. Um, last episode, they had um, Kevin Love, uh, Naomi Osaka, Wanda Sykes, Jadakus, uh, some superstars that have been affected by mental illness, and they talked about their struggles and what it's like to be famous, what it's like to have the, you know, the public eye on you all the time, and the the physical pressure that they're putting their bodies through, and the mental pressure that they have to go through just compounds their mental illness. And then while the casual observer might think, "Oh, you're rich, you're famous, people love you, you got millions of dollars, why aren't you happy?" When you, when you don't realize that's not what this one individual is going through. How do you break a cycle, though, like that? How do you, how do you go from – because this is your normal. Like if you're Delonte to West, how do you go to it's okay to be comfortable, it's okay to be safe, it's okay to, to exist? Because that, to me, is like the question that has to be answered. Because right now the, the okay, the normal for Delonte West is this, this manic – like state that you're talking about like like is there a key to individuals to where it's okay you're you're as far as the maslow hierarchy you're safe and you're comfortable and you're okay is there a way to get there because i don't know well again it's it's very unique it's different for everyone and again let me piggyback what i said earlier i'm i'm not a mental health professional anymore if you if you're facing any struggles please call a professional don't listen to Van Nunley, co-host of ABQ Central on 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. But we still have Christy Kim here with us. And Christy, I know you're really big on physical health and spiritual health to enhance your mental health. What are some key things that you do or that you suggest other people do to maintain physical, spiritual, and mental health? Um, Yeah, so... These topics are actually something really personally important to me because, um, like most of us, if we've made it to any point in adulthood, we've gone through a series of different traumas and um, growth experiences along the way. And we as a society don't do a really great job of teaching people how to cope. Um, We kind of have this stuff it in a barrel, put it away, suppress it down, boys don't cry, you know, don't show emotions. don't be vulnerable. And I think it really, for me, started with being able to revisit all the way back to childhood and and looking at childhood trauma, looking at the conditioning, looking at where messages came from and and, um, all those things that kind of put you into autopilot, being able to investigate those in a safe space, whether that is through you know, meditation with a professional, a counselor, you know, talking through it with somebody. Um, But being able to go through and just kind of ask those questions of yourself. There's something to be said about like how when receiving help from someone, number one, asking for help is about the hardest thing in the world. The hardest thing to do. It's insanely hard. Absolutely. And then to be able to be comfortable enough with individuals to then accept help, that's like, if not as hard as the first one, nearly as hard. And like I grew up, we talk about this every time we talk about mental health. I grew up in the Midwest where the only pain I was able to feel is physical pain. Mm-hmm. And when you are in a position where you need to reach out and and talk to someone, the thing is you have to find someone who understands what you're saying. Mm-hmm. You can't go talk to, you can't walk into Cheers and talk to Norm at the corner of the bar. Like that's not the guy who's going to help you through this thing. It's not us here on Sports Talk Radio. But us saying these things right now is is maybe you're like doing that self-reflection where you're like, you know what, I, I kind of do jump up and down a lot. 
You know what? I kind of don't look forward to getting out of the bed in the morning. You know what? I kind of don't look forward to laying in the bed at the end of the night. Like those little things are like strong indicators where it's, it's if you're not comfortable with yourself, there are opportunities and options out there for you to pursue to get to a place where you can be happy, comfortable, and safe. And and we're we literally talked about this yesterday. Yeah, about, every day. It feels like every day. About you know, it's it's a huge topic, and it's it's slowly evolving, and it's amazing that mental health is finally getting into mainstream media to where it's okay to talk about more and more often. And yesterday we talked about Philadelphia Eagles offensive lineman Lane Johnson, right? And how the Eagles organization has embraced his mental health struggles and allowed him to take the time off that he needed. This doesn't happen just a small amount of years ago. So I think the tide is changing as far as public perception of mental illness and active treatment of mental illness. And I think it's a great thing. The city of Albuquerque has a lot of outstanding resources. They're available to everyone as a friend of the show. Um, we should actually probably reach out to the city. We This is an easy one to do. But check them out, uh, cabq.gov. It's under their family services. There's a whole mental health option. So if you're in a position where you feel like you might need a little bit of help, um, there are people here who are willing to do it to help you. Uh, today's varsity, where we get back, the varsity of towns with weird names. Okay, here we okay? go. ABQ Central, 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Animal. Super good program today. Everyone was so fun and talented and did so very good. Big thank you to Eddie Nunez who joined us. He's the director of athletics over at the University of New Mexico. Big thank you to Coach Gonzalez who joined us. He coaches the Lobos for the University of New Mexico. He sure does. Big thank you to Christy Kim who's stuck around with us for the varsity. Today's varsity. The varsity of... Towns with weird names, okay? This started because, what were you talking about? No, Vital was talking about. I was talking about. Yeah, Upchuck, New York or yeah. something. Uh, the, it was Upper Peninsula, Houghton Hancock, Michigan. Houghton, Houghton Hancock. Houghton Hancock. Oh, hey, I got you being a Houghton yeah. Hancock? So, you get great <laughs> gravy. Houghton Hancock. He's, he's quoting ex-ambassador songs or something weird, so I was like, okay, that doesn't make sense. So, today's varsity is, Christy, the varsity of... Towns with weird names. And what the varsity is, for the friend of the show that might not be familiar, is we take a topic from the show and we identify what we believe to be like the varsity of that topic. So it's not like a one through five, but it's like maybe the best five. Sure. Okay? Mm. A lot of people call it the Rushmore. Rushmore, yeah. We call it the varsity. Top five, whatever. All right, you want to go first, Van? I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll kick off All right, this you one. kick off. So I don't judge you for what you're into. Sh- shouldn't. If it doesn't hurt anyone else, if it doesn't hurt yourself, I support you. Okay. With that being said, there's a town in Washington called Hump Tulips. Ah, uh, that's not a good one. That's not a I good name for a town. Yeah. Please don't do that. Okay. That's gross. Yeah, it's bad. Tulips are beautiful. Yeah. Tulips are fragile. Please don't do that. Also, as far as floral and fauna what, goes. Whatever is going on in that town in Washington, stop. Okay. Chris, do you want to go second or you want me to? I think you should take it. All right. I'm going to go with Bikini Bottom. So I think Bikini Bottom is kind of a stupid name for a town. Uh, obviously located somewhere in the depths of the Pacific Ocean. Uh, Bikini Bottom, It's uh, first of all, bikinis have two parts. So it's a, it's just a dumb name for a town. So I'm going with Bikini Bottom. Excellent work. Christy? Oh, well, 
I'm going to go ahead and go to my home state of Illinois. Okay. And there is a town based on a particular shape of the Oblong variety, Oblong, Illinois. Oh, okay. Oblong town. Oblong. Oh, Oh, who knew? They don't have a town square. Ah, I like that. That's a good one. (laughs) Come see our town egg. Yeah. Big fan of roundabouts here. I got a two for one for you here, Freddie. Two for one. Okay. Arizona is known for some weird stuff. They're also known for weird city names. Ah. Why Arizona? Yep, that's not good. That's not a question, Fred. Yep. That's the name of a city. I got it right away. Why Arizona? And if you go a few hundred miles to the east, at that state that uh, points at you, Mississippi, burning. There's why not, Mississippi. Oh, uh, okay. So it's why and why not. Why and why not. Okay. And I, I know why Arizona, and I, I know exactly why not Mississippi. So the town I'm about to name has some features that everyone's familiar with. Ooh. Sam Drucker's store, Mr. Haney's Monkey Racetrack. Mm. I'm talking, of course, about Hooterville, and that's from Green Acres. So Hooterville is, to me, a terrible town name. Right. And obviously a lot of weird shenanigans that go on there. So if you're a Green Acres fan, you're familiar with Hooterville and just how dumb it is. Well, they're very G-rated shenanigans. They are G-rated. Not even approaching PG. When I think of Hooters... Yeah, that's what you would think. That is approaching X-rated. Right. Well, (laughs) speaking of X-rated... I don't know. This could be a really fun town, All right. but um, there is a town called Climax, Michigan. Hey. Oh, okay. Yeah. Welcome back to the list, Michigan. Is there from the Oopers there? Uh-huh. Hey, I like the Climax in Michigan. So I went hiking today, Fred. You know, okay, yeah. And I had to drink a lot of water. Mm-hmm. I like to sip it, though. I don't like to get too waterlogged. Right. But there's some very thirsty people in Wyoming. Because Wyoming is home to the town of Chugwater. Mm. Chugwater. Interesting. Noted. This one, I wouldn't know how to pronounce if I hadn't heard it before. Quahog, Rhode Island. So I've never never been there. Don't know a ton about it. Sure. This, I know the Griffins live there, which is a big deal. But it's uh, located near Providence. But Quahog? What is that? Even, what is that? Like a clam? I don't even know what that is. So Quahog is on my list. And by the way, their school is named after James Woods. Didn't also doesn't make a ton of sense to me. So Quahog. Hmm. I'm just gonna go ahead and end it with this guy. To be okay and okay, there is okay Oklahoma. Oh, oh, that's that's redundant. That's super unacceptable. Redundant. That confuses a lot of people. I don't like that at all. And if I understand the educational system there, it confuses Oklahomans a lot. Yeah, it's only okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to end with this one, and I know this happens to you, Fred, every once in a while, uh-huh. especially after Arby's, Ooh. a town in Idaho called Slick Poo. Oh, that's not real. Yeah, Slick Poo, Idaho. I don't like that. It could be worse. The worst town name. It's a Mormon village, Fred, that's, by the way. Come on. it's tr- This is true. It's a Mormon village by the... Uh, Founded by the Mormon missionary Josiah Slick Pooh. Well, it's interesting you are talking True to me about story. the founding of it because my number one is Springfield. So I think Springfield is one of the dumbest names. Uh, obviously, founded by Jebediah Springfield. 
It can be located in every single state, Every actually. state, yeah. Yeah. But home to Apu's, Quickie Mark, Moe's Tavern, the Krusty Burger, and, well, their nuclear power plant, which I saw Europe Today just announced, is green energy. Yeah. Michael, does Mike have a guest on True to the Game tonight? I think I saw someone walk in. Former Lovell great quarterback Ned James Ned joining James in here? talking oh, Ned, sports James. and mostly football. When oh, Ned's on, goodness. it's all about football. He's a great analyst for Lovell football By games. By the way, Fred, you're number one on the varsity, Springfield. Yeah. Yes. Number two, used city name. Yeah, I knew that. 41. 41 states have a Springfield. Wow. Only, only bested by Washington. There you go. 88. There's states with multiple Washingtons. Yes. Oh, my God. That makes no sense. Sorry for you, Christy Kim. Thank you for coming in today. Thank you for having me. Van, any final words before we go? My goodness, too much for the time allotted, my friend. Good job, everyone. GG. See you Saturday, Burke.